Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, everybody. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Um, well, I just feel that. I just want to read uh, three verses here. I feel like the Lord told me to do this. is the book of Psalms, the very first chapter, very first three verses. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Amen. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to read that, you know. If it says here, if you delight... In the law of the Lord and meditate on his word day and night, you shall prosper. Amen. You shall prosper. And in that light, I just have a little testimony. And I, please don't think I'm bragging on myself. This is a testimony. So I pray that you rejoice with me. So I've done my job for uh, over 20 years and I've been faithful. And uh, so Levi, of course, started kindergarten. We had daddy daycare and we had... And the kids in the house and everything. And so I just felt like when he started kindergarten, which had been in, in August, that I was going to try to start applying for some promotions, applying for some different jobs. Like I said, I've done the exact same job for over 20 years, and I've loved it, and I've done the very best that I possibly can. I've tried, I've tried hard to, to do a good job. And so this summer, something came up. And I applied for it, and I felt good about it, and I thought I would like it, and I interviewed for it, and I felt like the interview went good, and I didn't get it. (laughs) And then, lo and behold, and there was other things going on, I won't go into all the story, but um, lo and behold, you know, God has things for us that we don't even know about. Amen. I love that uh, scripture, you know, he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, amen, <laughs> and owns the uh, earth beneath the beneath the hills, amen. But uh, lo and behold, we started this new, this brand new computer system. Now, this is kind of a funny story, but this is the truth. It has taken the state, <laughs> it's a, uh, Department of Human Services, 18 years to implement this. <laughs> we started in 2005, <laughs> and I was on one of the original teams to get it started. <laughs> so it's taken 18 years to roll it out. Well, about a year ago, back up to about a year ago, thankfully, a true blessing, I got put on this team to help again try to roll out this computer system. <laughs> it's been 18 years. And so, lo and behold, we did it. And so, uh, amen, amen. And um, it's called EBMS. And so I was on the, and so through all that, I got, uh, and I, please don't think I'm bragging to myself, but I'm just saying God has things for us, amen. And he has things that we can do, amen, that we don't even know that we can do, amen. He made us. He made our brains, he made our hands and our feet, and there are things, whatever, in school and sports and work and life that we can do that we don't even know it because we've never been given the opportunity and never been given the chance. Anyway, through all this, I got labeled an expert on this new computer system. (laughs) That took 18 years to roll out. And so through this, I was a... Posting, we get postings every week for promotions, and I just happened to always just look at it as a glance, like five seconds through the email. And I just saw this thing, and I just clicked on it, 
And lo and behold, it said, EBMS subject matter expert. And that's just what I was labeled. <laughs> and so I applied for it. Amen. <laughs> and this is a true blessing. And it'll take a month or two for it to all happen. But so I interviewed Tuesday and... And lo and behold, I got the job. I got the promotion. Amen. And I accept it. And this is and this is what really got me um, Thursday, I guess. But so I started looking through everything. And that job that I applied for six months ago, that promotion, this job is a better job than that other job. <laughs> And I didn't know anything. I didn't know it even existed. God has things for us that we don't even know exist in this world. And he has things that we can do, Miss Mildred, that we don't even know that we can do. Amen. We don't even know that we know that we know that we can do. But if you follow the Lord and you meditate on his word day and night... He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Amen. And I believe that for this church and our pastors and our people here. Whatsoever we do shall prosper. Amen. If we follow the Lord and we don't seat, don't sit in the seat of sinners and don't hang out with the scornful, but we follow God and meditate on his word day and night. He will bless us and bless this church. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God. We pray, God, that you bless this church this morning, God. Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee, bless your people, God. Bless everyone that's here, God. Bless the work of our hands, Lord Jesus. The Bible says to work as not as if we're working for man, but as if we're working for the Lord, Lord Jesus. We are working for you this morning, God. We will work until the rapture takes place, God. We will work until we make it to heaven. We will work for you, God. We will work this morning. I feel that this morning, Lord Jesus. We will work for you, God. We Thank you for everything you've done for us, God. We thank you for blessing us. We thank you that we have a church this morning. Pray that you anoint this service, God, as we work for you this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Line, pressing toward the mark and for the prize. And at times I've had to stand my ground. But Satan tried to turn me around. But I will not be hindered by his lies. I'm not, not going to walk away. I've got too much at stake. I've Quit a life we've never known. We'll be held at God's 
royal throne there will be Pressing toward the mark and for the prize. Oh, in times I've had to stand my ground with Satan trying to turn me around, but I will not be hindered by his lies. Well, I'm not. I'm not gonna walk away. I've got too much at stake. I've come too far to turn back now. home. See, they await for us to win the race. It's a banquet like we've never known. We'll be held at God's royal throne. There will be rewarded for our faith. I'm not, I'm not gonna walk away. I've got too much at stake. I've come too far to turn back trouble there are souls there in distress evils whispering in their ear that they've been left for dead but in the trial of your life all you can do is sigh oh but suddenly god breathe on you a second way to try well i live to tell about it i live to testify yes i live tell about it let my God be glorified Satan's plan to destroy me the backfire like dynamite gave me a testimony that I shall live and not die for a moment things looked hopeless thought I would not survive but I live to tell about it yes I live to testify Satan, you did not do your homework when you chose me to harass. See, I was a pawn again just yesterday. I've been tested in the past. I know 
You 
Jesus. He's a God that can bring you out. He's a God who's in heaven. He's a God that makes me shout. I know God is God. Well, God don't ever change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. Oh, and he always will be God. Well, he always, he'll always be Praise the Lord. I won't tell the devil he's in trouble. I think he knows he's in trouble too. Boy, I tell you what, for about a half a church this morning, this place feels alive. Amen. It just goes to show you, it don't matter how many people's in the building when they come to praise the Lord. When they come to put the devil in his place and to remind him what the Lord has done before, he's going to do it again. Amen. He knows his kingdom is going to get shaken. He knows that time is running out, and he knows God is in charge, and he's going to have the last say, amen, before this is all over with. We're going out with a shout. We ain't going out with a funeral. We're going out with victory. Praise God. Amen. God is God. And I'm going to tell you what a testimony, Adam. That's encouraging. That spoke to my heart about some things the Lord's been speaking to me about. It's encouraging to hear people. You know, you you... You, you, you want to do certain things in life and you make plans to do this and that. And you just try to do your best. But you know, and all the time, all the while, sometimes God is saying, I'm making other plans. I'm making other plans. I'm going to change this around. It ain't going to be like you think it is. And then when He does it, it always turns out better than when you tried to do it. Amen. It always comes out better. That's the business that God is in. He always changes things around. You'll never be able to figure Him out. You just got to let Him do it. Amen. And you'll never be disappointed with what he does for you and what he gives to you. Amen. You'll be happy about it. Too many Christians think that being in God's will is going to make them miserable. No, it's not. It's a good place to be. Amen. So we're going to take up the offering this morning. Good to see everybody today. And we're glad you're here this morning, even despite the funeral that happened in Georgia last night for some people. It's a joke. They said a high tide rolled over in Georgia last night and plowed down some bulldogs. <laughs> I got to watch it. Christy going to be ready to whip me. I had to pick at them, they, these football fans in here. I like some of it. I watched a little bit. It was pretty good. I said about three or four more minutes. They might have beat them. But we always say that, don't they? <laughs> watch it, boy. You're going to get in trouble. Well, let's take up the offering, amen, and we're going to ask people to help us today watching through the internet. I hope that you're being blessed by what you're watching here and what you're hearing and what the Lord is doing here and help us to do what God has called us to do because it takes money to do the work of the Lord, amen. And the Bible said God loves a cheerful giver. And I was reading last week, and I think it was 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and we're... Paul was talking about giving to the work of the Lord, giving to the poor saints in Jerusalem. And he said that many of you, you gave out of your lack. You gave, you didn't really have it, but you gave it, and you gave it faithfully. And because of it, God is going to bless you. It ain't about how much you have. It's will you be faithful to give what you do have. Too many people cut God short when it comes to giving. Well, if I got enough money left over after I pay my bills, then I'll tithe. That ain't the way this works. 
The first fruits is his. It comes off the top, not the bottom. Amen. I said it comes off the top, not the bottom. You can't put the work of the Lord last. You got to put it first. And if you do, as Adam said this morning, you be faithful. God will bless you. Amen. He will bless you. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask you to bless this offering this morning. We ask you to bless the givers. And Lord, we thank you today for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you for the testimonies that you're bringing about, Lord, throughout this ministry, Lord, through the internet. People, Lord, that are being healed, people that are being touched, people that are having their eyes open through the truth of your word, Lord. We ask you to continue to move here, Lord, to move through the internet. Encourage people today to step out by faith, Lord. If they've never given a dime, show them today that today is the day to begin to see the blessings take place in their life as they step out in faith. Lord, bless us today. Move in this service and touch every person who needs a touch, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody here that's seen his power? It 
for tomorrow to say amen see sometimes in the dark it's hard to see so just be brave and follow where he leads oh cause greater is the one than he who's in the world. So child of God, remember the battle is the Lord's. And if there's anybody here that's found him faithful, anybody here that knows he's able
got a feeling the Lord is leading us today. For some of us, we're in a little bit of a hard place, a tight place, and Satan tries to put the pressure on you through circumstances and problems, tries to make you think you're going to go down, he's going to destroy you, and God is allowing all of it to happen for your good. Amen. He's working all things together for the good of them who love him. Of them who follow him, he's working it together for our good this morning. Praise the Lord. You feel the Spirit of God here this morning. This morning, I want you to go with me to the book of Exodus, chapter 14. I strongly felt the Lord put this on my heart this week. And I do believe that it's a message and a word from the Lord for us this morning, for all of us to touch us. Encourage us, to bless us, to remind us of who is in charge. Amen, when it don't look good. To remind us who is in charge when the economy's down, when the government's corrupt, when <laughs> Satan is launching attacks on our nation, on the church. Remind us who is still in control. Amen. Exodus chapter 15, verse 21. That's where I want to start reading at this morning says this, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. <clears throat> and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them. Come on, devil. Come on, devil. Follow us. (laughs) God has got something for you. Went in after them into the midst of the sea, even all... Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass that in the morning, watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled 
the host of the Egyptians and took off their chariot wheels. <laughs> Woo, the Lord knows how to strip you and take everything off. He took off their chariot wheels that they drove them heavily so that the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Boy, I got to read that again. So the Egyptians said, Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. And I want to preach a message this morning. The Lord will fight for you. Praise God. I feel it, man. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you that you're in control. You're in charge, Lord, that you oversee everything going on in our lives, in our nation, in the government, in the church, Lord, in our families, all the things that Satan is trying to use to try to pull your people down, to pull your people back, Lord, you have allowed it to strengthen us, to do a work in us, to show us your glory and to show us your power. And Lord, I pray for people today that are watching, that are they feel like they're going down. They feel like the enemy is about to overcome them. Lord, that today you would speak to them that you would remind them of who it is that it's in control. The devil is not in control. You, Lord, are in control. And, Lord, remind us of that today. Remind us through your word. Let your spirit touch us this morning. Lord, we pray for people that need healing in their bodies. You're able to heal them. You're able to save people. You're able to deliver people. You're able to bless us, God. You're able to do whatever needs to be done. And Lord, we look to you today and you alone for everything that we need. We ask you to have your way in this church this morning and touch us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Everybody already knows the story. We've preached it a hundred thousand times here. Others have. We've mentioned it. But you know, it never gets old. You know, these stories, sometimes we can read them and we read them and we read them and they really don't you know, mean a whole lot at the time we're reading because we're just doing that thing, you know, we're, we're reading. But there's other times when we start reading these stories and we are experiencing them. When we are having difficult times, when we're going through things, you know, the Word of God really comes alive to you. You know, when, it, you know when the Word of God really gets down into you and starts doing something, it's when you are at rock bottom. It's when you are going through things, when you have nowhere else to turn to but the Lord himself and you start reading the word of God and you get into some some area of the Bible, some book, and all of a sudden, sudden something you read a hundred thousand times that didn't have not, not much of a meaning to you, all of a sudden now it has a great meaning to your soul and spirit because you are experiencing it. You see, that's how we grow in the Lord. We got to experience the things that the word of God tells us we go through and what he wants to do in us. You can't just get Everything God wants for you by saying, I know the message of the cross. I got, I understand the Bible. That's good. But there's got to be some experience. In order for us to be able to show more mercy to those that are hurting, we ourselves have to experience more mercy. 
In order for us to learn how to have more compassion on the lost, we have to feel a little bit of lostness sometimes, don't we? We have to go through things. But the Bible tells us that the, the story, again, you've read it over and over, that I'm not going to belabor a bunch of stuff, but just to go back to where I feel like the Lord wants me to start. The children of Israel had just been delivered. We all know what happened with all the plagues, the miracles, the things that God did, and the judgments that he poured out upon Egypt when he, told, when he called Moses and he sent Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses didn't have it all together. Moses was not a perfect man. He was just somebody who heard the voice of the Lord who had a call of God upon his life to be different than everybody else around him and to be used of God to help bring his people out of this bondage. The pre- Listen, preachers ain't perfect. Preachers are not perfect. And when you read through these stories of the Bible, all of these men that God used, they had flaws. They, they did stupid stuff at times. They, they didn't show faith at times, but the difference is they never gave up and they didn't back up and they didn't sit down and they didn't quit. But when they did stupid, they asked God to forgive them and they pick up and you keep on going. And that's what God wants from us today. He don't disqualify you because you goof up. No, if anything, He wants to restore you, make you stronger, do things in you to show you that you're weak in your flesh and you need His power, you need His Spirit, you need more of Jesus and less of you. And we don't get that until we go through things. But Moses was called by God to be the man to lead these people. And he did what God told him to do. He stepped out in faith. Aaron was his mouthpiece, the Bible says. But Moses was the man that was called. And he told him, go to Pharaoh and you tell him, let my people go. And he went how many times? Eight, nine, ten, or however many times he went. He went over and over and over. And every single time, see, the thing about this, every single time he looks at Pharaoh and says, God said, let me tell you what God said. Have you, do you ever remind the devil of what God said? And it kind of comes back at you like, ha, 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 ha. God said, let his people go. And Pharaoh says, who is this God you're talking about? Who is this Lord you're talking about? You coming walking up in here telling me the king to let people go? Have you lost your mind, boy? Don't you know who I am? I'm the most powerful man in the world, but you ain't the most powerful man of the universe. Jesus Christ is. You might be a powerful man over a nation, but God is all-powerful. And he, he rejects Moses, laughs at him. Get out of here, boy. But everything Moses was telling him was what God told him to tell him. Let me tell you something. I don't care who it is. If they're telling you what God is saying, you better listen. I said if they're telling you what God is saying, you better listen. 
Because at some point in time, God is going to move and God is going to take action and God is going to do something. And over and over, we saw what happened with the, the miracles or the, the plagues and all the things that God poured out upon the Egyptians that Pharaoh tried to duplicate. Some of them he did, in a way, replicate, but he couldn't do it with all of them because he's not God. See, the devil has counterfeits. He has counterfeits. They look like God. They can talk like God. They can perform certain things like God, but they can be deceiving spirits below the surface. And that's why you and I got to know the difference. You can't listen to every preacher on television. You can't listen to everybody over the radio. You got to know them. Know their, their fruit. Know their doctrine. Know what it is that you're listening to. Pharaoh, if you ain't careful, you'll think they're Pharaohs of God. You'll start thinking that the magicians are of the Lord. You'll start thinking that some of these guys on two Facebook are of the Lord. And all over the internet. Nevertheless, God eventually, after Moses told him over and over, the Lord said, I'm going to do one more thing, Moses. Here's what I want you to do. And you do it, and this is it. He's about to let them go. This is the last thing that's going to happen. You, you go and you tell, you get the elders of Israel together, and you tell them what I'm telling you to tell them. You tell the elders of Israel that I said tonight, I want everybody in Israel who is a Hebrew, I want you to find you a lamb. I want you to find a sacrifice because tonight judgment is coming to Egypt. I said judgment is, look, judgment is coming to this world. But I ain't worried about it because I got a lamb. He said, I want you to take a lamb and I want you to go into your house and everybody gather into the room tonight and I want you to kill that lamb and I want you to offer it as a sacrifice and I want you to go in and shut your door, you and everybody in your family that believes the word of the Lord. You tell them that I said, take that lamb and apply the blood of it to before you walk into your door house tonight before you go to sleep, take the blood and put it over your doorpost and go in and partake of the sacrifice. And when judgment comes through Egypt tonight, wherever I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And so I'm telling you, son, judgment is coming. I'm coming through Egypt. I'm coming through America. I'm coming through Africa. I'm coming through Pakistan. I'm coming through Mexico. I'm coming through the whole world. Judgment is coming up on the world, but praise God, everybody that's got the lamb, everybody that knows Jesus, everybody that's saved by the blood, I ain't worried about judgment, I ain't worried about the devil, because I'm protected today. And they did. All who did were spared. Remember? The death angel came, just like God said, and passed through Egypt and smote all the firstborn, starting from Pharaoh's house. See, it doesn't matter how high up you are, judgment can come. It started at Pharaoh's house. doesn't matter if you're the president of the United States or who you are, judgment is coming sooner or later upon all those who reject God's Son, Jesus Christ. And... 
the Bible said after this, old Pharaoh bent. Old Pharaoh started wising up a little bit and said, you know what? I don't want no more of this. My son's dead. Children are dead. People are dead. This ain't looking too good around here. Somebody tell them, go and take their stuff and just get out of here. Hello, just get out of here. I want you to take your stuff. And the Bible said that God told, God took what the Egyptians had. He spoiled the Egyptians, gave to his people, paid them back, gave them the stuff that they had been hindered from receiving while they were oppressed and he gave them all the gold gave them the silver gave them animals gave them food gave them clothing and took all the families and said now y'all are getting out of here because I got a plan for you Egypt ain't the place for you to live Egypt ain't the place for you to stay I'm taking you into a land that's flowing with milk and honey now I made a promise to your fathers from the very get go that I'm going to raise up a nation and I'm going to take a people and I'm going to bring them into a land and they're going to be used to be a light to the world to say God is God. Jehovah is God. Jesus is Lord. And we know they failed, but look what's still taking place. Through their failure, we're here. (laughs) Because they rejected, God said, well, I'm not going to wipe everybody out because they reject. I'm going to give them Gentiles opportunity too. Thank God he gave us opportunity. Give them alcoholics a chance. Give those drug addicts a chance. Give those homosexuals a chance. Give everybody a chance to come to know this God. And they all, the Bible said, they left out, marched out with a high hand. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. I'll never forget when we first got saved, I, we heard this thing like everywhere I went. We heard that song. Me and Melissa, we would go to a tent revival where, and I, I'm going to praise his name. Look what the Lord has done. I just be saying, oh, my God, look what the Lord has done. I didn't understand about all that happened to me. I didn't know everything about the cross. I just knew I had been delivered by the power of God. I just knew that alcohol had left. I knew that my mouth was changing. I knew that tobacco left. I knew red man was gone. I knew the cigarettes was gone. I knew that I was a new man, and I couldn't help but say, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He hadn't healed me much back then, but I could sure say he saved me just in time. What's the most important to you, the healing of the body or the saving of the soul? (laughs) You can go to hell with a healed body, but you can't go to heaven with a lost soul. And they left. I've heard, you know, Brother Swerk say it over and over. We don't know how many people there. They're they're predicted two or three million people, including husbands, wives, children. A multitude of people left Egypt. And it said they all left with a high hand. They they left saying, "Look look what God has done. Only God could have done this. Moses didn't do this. God did this. And the Bible said they left, they started on their journey. That's how we are when we get delivered from sin, come to the Lord. We start on a journey. 
Now we're just beginning to take step by step toward that land that Jesus Christ has died to give us. You don't get it all when you get saved. You get as saved as you're going to get. You're saved. But the sanctification part, the growing part, the trusting part, the the learning part, you didn't get all that when you got saved. Oh, no, that's a process that's going to begin when you leave Egypt. And now you're going to be tested to find out will you still believe the same God that brought you out of Egypt is able to carry you all the way through the wilderness. And that's exactly what the Bible tells us happened. They set out on their journey. They were praising the Lord. They were all excited, all happy. And the Bible said that they had come. I don't know. I was trying to look on the map the other day about how far all this stuff is. And I'll be honest with you, I was a little bit confused trying to look at these old maps and figure this stuff out. And the best I could come up with is they might have been 20 or 30 miles uh, from when they were delivered out of Egypt to where they came to this place to where the Lord told Moses to tell. He said, you tell them. God spoke to Moses every step of the way and said, I want you to tell them, stop here and encamp by Paheroth, was the name of it, by the sea. And I want y'all to stay right here for just a little bit. And Moses said, the Lord says, this is where we need to stop and camp and rest. And that place just happened to be at, at a place where the, near where the Red Sea was to where they didn't, they didn't have any other route. I was looking at this map, though, they thinking, if you look at the map geogra- uh, geographically, it looked like, you know, if you just went one direction straight across, that's really easy and that's a lot quicker and everything. But the way the Lord led them was a lot different than what the map shows. And it does say the Lord, he led them. And it said when he brought them out, he didn't lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines and all those giants because he said, I know that if they see these giants immediately, they'll turn around and go back. I'm glad God is like that. I'm so glad I didn't see giants a month after I got saved. I'm so glad I was riding on cloud nine for all that time that I was. But you know, it it did run out and I did start seeing the giants after so long. But the Lord, he watched over them in their infancy, bringing them out because he knew, he knew them. He knew they'd be scared. He knew that if they got hit with this much pressure right now, they would turn around and go back. And he said, I didn't lead them that way. I led them the way I wanted to lead them. And maybe they couldn't pass through those other lands or or, other uh, continents or nations or whatever you want to say maybe they couldn't because the people would not allow them because they're territorial kind of people there's so many different tribes in Africa and you'd be shocked at the people that are you, you go to Africa you think man everybody here must they're all one skin all one color they must all you know get along but you'd be shocked to see the hatred amongst their own different tribes won't associate with one another And that's the heart of man, even with God. It's sad. But they let, the Bible said he told, he spoke to them. Let me go, uh, let me see if I can look at it here real quick. He spoke to them that they turn and encamp before Paheharoth between Migdal 
and the sea over against Belzephon before it shall you encamp by the sea. Encamp by the sea. Why did God take them to the sea? A sea. Hmm. Anybody been to the ocean lately? Anybody know what the ocean looks like? If you're standing on a seashore and you're looking out over the ocean, you can see for miles and miles and miles of nothing but what? Water? Sky? No land, there's no dry land, there's no trees. All you see is, uh, uh, and, and think about how, if the Lord told you to, to get across that sea, how would you do it? Without a boat. How would you do it on feet? You could, it's impossible. But God took them there for, a, for the purpose of putting them to the test. He let them be put there so that when Pharaoh, the Bible said when he would harden Pharaoh's heart, God said, I know that Pharaoh, I know that when they leave Pharaoh, his heart is going to become harder and I'm going to kind of help him to harden him because I got a plan and a purpose to work, to do a work in you. So whenever they left there, the Bible said after Pharaoh let them go, he looks at his men one day and said, what have I done? What have we done? Why did we let them go? Why did I change my, what did, why did we do this? We let these people go. He says, I don't, I, I, I've had a change of mind. Look men, look military, look horsemen, get the chariots ready, get all the armies ready. These people are not getting away. I've changed my mind. I don't like these people. We're going after these people. We're going to destroy these people. They're not going to get out of my sight. And he changed his mind because God hardened his heart so that he would go after them. You know, God will... He don't make him. I don't want to say that, but he can maneuver the devil. He can... Cause him to be so hostile toward you. Not to destroy you, but so he can get some glory out of what he's going to do through Satan trying to attack you. Let me tell you, the attacks of the devil are real. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Powers of darkness are real. Satan attacks every one of us any chance he can. And any time he does, you got to always remember, God has allowed him to do it. But it's always for your good. You ain't going down. You ain't going out. God has a purpose in it to do something in your heart and in your life. He wants to take, he wants to make some changes. And see, those changes can't be made until some pressure gets put on us. Until we face some heat, until we face a sickness, until we face uh, a loss of a job, until we face a problem in our family, until the pressure gets put on us and we get put in a position where we have absolutely no way out. We have no resources. We don't know what we're going to do. See, it's then when you're going to find that God is more powerful than he was the day he saved you. And he, he went after them, the Bible said. He took his chariots and the, the, the thundering noises of chariots going after God's people. And the Bible said that the children of Israel at some point in time, they begin to hear the noise. 
They begin to hear the noise of chariots. They begin to think, what in the world is going on? And they begin, somebody begins to spread the message. It's Pharaoh! It's that dictator! It's that devil! It's who? I thought he was gone. I thought we'd never see him again, huh? It's that devil, you know, the one you thought you were never going to see again after you got saved. Only to find out God is going to use him to get some glory out of your life. God is going to use the devil to bring about a move of God in your life to glorify his power and to shut the devil's mouth. To give you victory and to destroy the powers of darkness. Oh Lord, I feel like I'm hitting the wall in here this morning. Help me Lord. (laughs) Take the wall down Lord. Has anybody got the devil on your back when the devil's on your track trying to hold you back? We say, got to keep on till God turns this thing around. Has anybody heard the noise of thunder? Has anybody heard a cracking noise lately? Has anybody heard the devil roaring like a lion saying, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to take you out. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to destroy your family. I'm going to destroy your children. Well, you need to remind him of who is in charge. You need to remind him, come on somebody, that he ain't in control. God is in control of your life. And the Bible said that they pressed upon Israel. They went after them and they're gaining ground on them but the problem is now that Israel with their nearly three million people are all settled in with nowhere to go at at a dead end at a Red Sea. They don't... uh, Okay, let's just look at it like this. We'll say this is the way they were sitting. They're all gathered in this direction facing this way. That's the Red Sea. There's the sea the seashores, and behind them is the pathway, the roadway back to Egypt. And there's only two directions. And they can't go to the right or to the left. They can only go, there's only two directions they can go, this way or this way. Now, and in the natural, you're sitting here and you're looking at all this water and you're thinking, I mean, you're going to be nervous. Who wouldn't be? Which one of us, if we were put in that situation, would not have thought, we're dead? All we got in front of us is a body of water. I don't, we, we don't have rudders built into our bodies. We don't have rope, we're not a rowboat, we don't have paddles, and we can't all swim in, in a lot of water. And so the Bible says they were stuck there, and here comes the enemy behind them, and now they're faced with an opposition, and they start crying out. And they didn't cry, they, the Bible says that their cry was a cry of fear. But again, which one of us, how many of us would have done much better if you were in that situation? But God, until God steps in. I said until God steps in. 
See, it doesn't matter what, what looks like in the natural. What God says in the supernatural is what really matters. That we, yeah, we walk by faith and not by sight. And we're, we're logical people. I don't think anybody here today can leave and go to the nearest boat ramp and walk out on water. I think you're going to fall in and sink. But I do believe that if the Lord said you can walk on water, you can walk on water. I do believe that. If God said do it, and I think there's a way to do it. Peter did it. And the Bible said they came and the pressure got put on them. And the children of Israel, hear what they did. They lifted up their eyes and they saw the Egyptians marching after them. Do you ever get put in that position from time to time where all you can see is enemies? All you see is trouble. All you see is finances. All you see is family issues. All you see is this. And, uh, and it's, it's Satan is trying to use it to distract you from trusting the Lord. He wants you to fold up. He wants you to cower down in fear and say it's over with. There's no way out. We're hopeless, we're helpless, we're dead men. And it said they were sore afraid and they began to cry out unto the Lord. Let me read this that Brother Swaggart said in his note because I want to, to read it. It said the fear and the unbelief and the anger of the very people who had witnessed God's wonders in the land of Egypt would appear incredible but that each Bible student finds these evils in his own heart and learns by sad experience that great depression of mind usually follows exceptional spiritual triumphs. In other words, when you see a great victory in your life and God does something great, it can be followed by depression. It can be followed by darkness. And but but even then, you got to understand that God is allowing these things to happen not for your destruction, but for your good. And it said, then they started complaining. You see, the fear turns into complaining. You got to watch your fear. You got to be careful with your fear. Fear can spread through the church and cause some damage to other people. You need to be careful about how you talk about your problems. You really do. I'm not a word of faith guy that believes you every, every single word you say, watch it, watch it, watch it. No, I'm not, I'm not that. But I do believe how you talk matters. I do believe that what, that your language and your, your lifestyle and how you talk about the things that you are facing, it does matter. It matters to your children. It matters to your church and it matters to your family. Talk faith. In other words, I don't understand all this and I don't know how it's all going to turn out, but I know that God is still in control and somehow, some way, He's going to do something. I ain't got it all figured out and I don't know what He's going to do, but if He says to trust Him, then I'm going to trust Him because what He did way back then, He can do the same right now. Somebody needs to go down memory lane and remember some of the things God brought you through. You need to remember. Get that little diary out, lady. Read some of them stories that you wrote down. Go back 
back and remember when the devil was telling you, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to destroy you. Look who stepped in. Look where you're at right now. And that old devil just hounds you and tries to put fear in you and wants to make you scared. He wants you to cower down. But remind him who God is. Remind him you got a powerful God. Satan wants to put fear in people. Fear. He wants to put fear in you through certain situations in your family, friends, people. He wants you to fear because fear, there's a spirit behind it. And then that fear can turn into complaining. Just like it did here. How did that turn into complaining? Well, here we go. They said to Moses... Because there's no grave, there were no graves in Egypt. You have taken us away to die in the wilderness. Preacher's fault. <laughs> Boy, we're going to blame somebody. Moses. Oh, so this is the way it is. Oh, you brought us out here in this wilderness. You brought us out here because there wasn't enough land back there for all of us to die and be buried. So you brought us out here. Oh, it was a trick, huh? They say it's your fault because there's no place to bury all of us in Egypt. You brought us out here. They said, "Where have you dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Why did we leave Egypt? What do you mean? Why don't did you forget what Egypt was like? You forgot about all the oppression. You forgot about the drug addiction. You forgot about the alcoholism. You forgot about the misery." And the pain and the emptiness and the loneliness inside when you were lost without God on your way to hell. You mean to tell me that Egypt was better? Oh, no, Egypt ain't better. The devil's talking to you, my friend. Canaan land is a whole lot better. And even in a wilderness, dried up, is still a whole lot better than Egypt. Then they start talking crazy, saying stuff that, they shouldn't, they shouldn't even been thinking, but because the fear had set in. See, when fear starts controlling you, you start talking doubt. You start talking unbelief. You start, how are we going to do it? What's going to happen? And it's then you got to trust God. Moses, after hearing all these things, spoke to the people. I'm going to try to get through this as much as I can, as quick as I can. Moses told the people here's the problem he recognized what the problem was he said this fear ye not he says I see what's going on in the church I see what's going on in the camp the devil is trying to use fear to pull God's people down the devil is trying to use the fear of what may come 2024. The devil is trying to use fear of the political scene. The devil is trying to use fear of, of the unseen. Of the what, what about, well, is COVID coming back? And Moses said, let me tell you all something. The fear needs to go. If the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is going to operate in these last days and we're going to see the power of God in a mighty way, the fear has got to get out of the house. Come on, somebody. 
Are you willing to lay down your life for Jesus Christ? Are you willing to lay everything on the line, even if it does cost you your life, to go out of here, not going down, but going up, to leave out of here with your eyes on the prize, no matter how you leave here, will you leave in faith, or will you lay down and die in fear? I refuse to lay down and cower down in fear. I refuse to back up. I refuse to shut up. I refuse to close the doors of a church. I refuse to stop preaching the gospel because God has never called anybody to lay down and to quit and to shut up. Praise God. We got a powerful God this morning. We got something on the inside of us called the power of the Holy Ghost and I'm glad today I'm filled with the Holy Ghost power because it keeps my motor running. Uh, even when I don't feel it. Even when you know is draining and you don't quite feel good there's something down inside that keeps the motor burning <laughs> last few weeks I felt like I about lost the insides of my nose sniffling sneezing <laughs> Lord help this stuff get out of here squirting stuff up your nose every day cleaning your nose out one side of your face is sore Lord help me <laughs> but I'm going to preach anyway Fear not. Are you going to listen to God and His Word? Or are you going to listen to man? You going to listen to the CDC? <laughs> or are you going to listen to the report of the Lord? God is still in the healing business. Stand still. Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Watch what God's about to do. Hey, devil, watch what God is about to do. Stand still. In other words, that means you can't change your situation. You can't fix your spiritual issues. You can't change things that are going on in your life. You have no control over them. And what you got to learn is you got to let go, stand still, and let God move. Come on, Lord, I don't, I, I can't fix this. I don't know what to do about this. Lord, I'm not going, you told me not to fear, not to worry. You said stand still. Take my hands off of it, give it to you, and say, Lord, you have your way in this situation and while I'm doing that, help me to do the next part, go forward. Come on somebody. He didn't say stand still and just stand, stand still there. No, stand still means you can't fix it, you can't do it. Now that you understand that, go forward in faith. <laughs> Trust the Lord. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Watch what God will do when you take your hands off. <laughs> Watch what God will do when you quit trying to fix it. Watch what God will do when you've come to the end of your road. Watch what God... I'm going to brag on my daughter for a minute. On the Lord. He's been working in her. Doing some great things through some hard situations. And I've been seeing growth. <laughs> I've been seeing change. I've been seeing her coming alive like, like praise the Lord. 
23 years now, and she's 23 years old, but now she's starting to experience what some of us have been through. And now, so it's a personal thing. And God is using it to do some things in her because he has a call on her life. He said it when she was born. And I ain't never forgot it, and I'm going to keep reminding the devil of it. There's a call on her life in ministry. And for that to happen, she just has to go through some things. And some of the things she's going through, my heart, I feel, I hurt, I, and, and I think, but there ain't nothing I can do. But stand back and let God move. <laughs> We were in here yesterday praying, prayer meeting. What few of us was here, and I was down here praying and just trying to pray. And she, I felt somebody walk down beside me and looked over, and it was my little girl. She come down and laid her hand on me, and she got to praying for Daddy. And boy, the Spirit of God got to moving, and she got to praying really good. And I'm telling you, I got touched. I got blessed. I was like, praise the Lord. Lord, you're using this girl. This, See, church, this is what we got to have. We got to have experience because it ain't enough just to tell your children about it they're going to have to go through some of it. And as, as much as you love them and as a parent, you want to do everything you can to help them, don't you? Because they're your children. But there's a place and a time where the Lord says, step back and let me move. Watch what I'll do. That's, that's a part of the growing process in the Lord with all of us. And there's times that there's not going to be anybody there for you. But the Lord will be there for you. And you'll see he will move in your life. He'll do something. And he said, see the salvation of the Lord. In other words, watch the delivering power of God. He's about to move. Watch the miracle working power of God. The Egyptians you see today, you don't see them no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you. I like that. The Lord shall fight for you. And I'm going to tell you, that's a principle that is still applicable right now for the children of God. Not just for Israel. I'm a child of God today. I'm a child of Jesus Christ. The Lord is a man of war and he fights for us. I'll get to that in a minute. You shall hold your peace. That's the hardest thing to do, isn't it? Holding your peace. <laughs> when you want to give somebody a peace. <laughs> Holding your peace. When you want to give somebody a peace. You shall hold your peace. Because the Lord wants to fight for you. And see... When we try to take things in our own hands, ooh, it don't work. It only makes it worse. But when we learn how to back up, back away, step away, take our hands off of it, let God do what he wants, now we're opening the door to, for the Lord to do something. The Lord told Moses, he said, why are you crying to me, <laughs> grown man? What are you crying to me for? Why are you complaining to me for? I'm gonna tell, I've already told you what to do. He says, speak unto the children of Israel. Here it is that day. Go forward. 
Go forward. What do you mean go forward? There's nowhere to go. Don't you see the water? And we can't go back because we're about to be killed. They're overtaking us. The enemies are swarming around us. What do you mean go forward? How are we going to go forward? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because God can make a way where there seems to be no way. I'm talking to somebody. How are we going to get through this situation? How am I going to get through what I'm dealing with in my family, Lord? I don't know, but God has a way through the wilderness. God has a way to open up for you to get you through it. He might not move the problem out of your way, but He might take you through your problem so you can come out burning with a bright of fire in you. Mm. the Lord he wants you to go forward listen keep going to church keep coming to church keep praying keep witnessing (laughs) keep working keep doing what he's called you go forward 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 And he told Moses, you take that rod. Here's what I'm going to do. You take that rod. Take your rod. Take your word. Take your sword. Put it, put it into effect in your life. And he said, take the rod and divide it. Stretch it out over the sea, Moses. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the Red Sea. Moses, I'm about to show you something like you ain't never seen in your life. If you think the miracles in Egypt was something, you just hold on because I'm about to do something. Moses, it's going to confound you and it's going to confound everybody around. It's going to confound the Egyptians. It's going to confound Pharaoh. It's going to confound the president. It's going to confound everybody around because I'm God and I'm in control and I know how to cause an east wind to blow. I know how to move in Washington. I know how to move in America. I know how to kick the devil out of the White House. I know how to do whatever I need to do. I'm in control, Moses. You take the word. You get your sword. You get your rod. And you hold that thing up. And you stand on it, Moses. And you watch what I'm about to do. Because I'm going to cause a miracle working power to flow like you ain't never seen in your life, Moses. I got a feeling God's going to do something in these last days that's going to confound the world. That's going to confound politicians. That's going to confound Washington. It's going to confound Africa and Asia and nations of the world. God is still in control and it's time for somebody to get your rod out this morning and say, Lord, I believe you. And Moses, he did. He stretched out no, I can't, I can't go ahead. I can't go that far. Let me back up because this is too good. The Lord said, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians that they follow after them. God will harden the hearts sometimes of your enemies to follow after you. <laughs> but hold on and watch what he does. God will allow you to be opposed at times, but hold on. Watch what happens in the end. Because you can't fight against God and win. You can't fight against God's children and win. You can't fight against the church and win. You can't overthrow God. You can't overthrow God's people. You can't overthrow God's kingdom. I don't care what your name is. You can't stop God. 
He hardened their hearts for the purpose so that they would continue to press them so that they would go after them because he was going to show everybody who was in control. And he's going to show everybody who's in control in America. Don't get your eyes on politicians. They're not the Savior. God can use some of them, and he wants to. I believe that. I was watching what was a rally yesterday with Donald Trump. Well, he was laying it out there. I mean, like he ain't missed a beat. And he's just, it's the same, same old, he's just telling it just like he was. I thought, I like people like that. He ain't changed. He ain't changing for the establishment. He is who he is. And he ain't afraid of them. He's not scared of them. And I, he, he's a little cocky. I admit he is. But I guess he has a right to be in some ways. He has to stand up against the evil of these people. You can't show weakness, and he knows that. You can't be a coward to these people. And he's letting them know, we're still here. We're still here, and we're still running, and we're still going, and they have not stopped us, and we're going to make America great again. We're going to do everything we can to turn this thing around but that these current leaders have tried to use to destroy our nation. And I had a little bit of hope. I thought, praise the Lord, maybe God will use him one more time. But even if he don't, God is still in control. But you have to wonder why it... My mother said this before she passed away. She's observing all this. She said... Why are they so scared? There's something there that they are so scared of. He has got something that they can't control. There's something they can't stand about him. Why do they fight him all the time, all the way? There's something there. She said, I think God wants to use. And he did. And it may not be over. I don't know. But either way, I know this. I know who's really in control. It ain't Donald Trump. It ain't Joe Biden. It's Jesus Christ. Well, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is your God? You're about to find out. (laughs) Because when it gets real bad is when he takes pleasure in doing some real good stuff. The Bible said that Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, but the Bible said that as the Egyptians, as... Israel was marching, or the, or the Egyptians were going after Israel, that the angel of the Lord encamped, that it was in the front of them, moved to the rear, which Brother Swagger said he believed was a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ, the one who has the front and the back. <laughs> and that, that appearance of Jesus Christ, or that cloud was, it said it was a light, for Israel by day, it gave them light by night, but it's, it was a wall and it was a cloud. It was darkness to those Egyptians. And that's the way it is to the world. The cross of Jesus Christ, when rejected, is darkness for the world. It's judgment. It's doom. And they can't see where they're going, but we know where we're going. We got the light today. We're walking in the light. The children, the Bible said, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord, the Lord, I like it, the Lord caused a strong east wind 
to blow all that night, a strong east wind. God ain't weak. God is strong. A strong east wind to blow all that night so that that sea would begin to part. That obstacle in front of them, they would begin to see what looked like destruction would become their deliverance. (laughs) And the waters, it said, the sea became dry land and the waters were divided and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea. The children of Israel went into the midst of the sea. Brother Swagger said that he believes, and I, I have a similar belief, that God told them to walk by faith. He told them what to do. And as they stepped out on the seashore and they began to take those steps that he believed that that sea began to part. Again, we walk by faith and not by sight. As we walk, God moves. As we work, the Lord helps us. As we do what He tells us to do, He moves for us. And as they begin to step forward and move, the Bible said that sea began to open up. And it opened up, the Bible said, the Lord parted it. God moved. God caused the waters to heap up a wall on one side and a wall on the other. And it said the children of Israel went into the midst of the Red Sea. Listen, on dry ground, it wasn't even wet. God dried the ocean bed up. Said, I'm not even going to let you get any mud on your feet. I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. And the Bible said that God God did this. Now, I know people got a problem with this today. God, oh, whatever. You expect me to believe that? Yeah, because it's not in your hands. It's in the hands of the supernatural. And I do believe God did it. Because see, because today God will work miracles for his children right now. God will move opposition for you. God will open things up for you to get you where you need to go with him. God will work for you the same today as he did them back then. But he wants you to walk by faith. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to stop complaining. He wants you to get up and to go forward. So when you do and he makes the way, you can say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He opened it up and it said they went in. There was a wall on the right hand, a wall on the left, and the Egyptians pursued after them, which is exactly what God wanted. Now they're in in a journey. They're walking through the midst of the sea and they're in a journey, an all night long journey walking through the sea. And it said Pharaoh and his armies, they came into the sea behind them. Exactly what God wanted. Come on, devil. Get a little closer. Come on, you think you're going to destroy us. Come on, you don't know it, but God had just baited you. (laughs) You don't know it, but the Lord is about to destroy. You don't know it, but the Lord is about to give us victory, and he's about to shut you out. God is about to move for us, but he's about to to close everything up on you, Satan. And it said... The Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked. See, the Lord was looking, waiting for the right time. 
God is always watching. He always sees everything. The Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud, and he troubled the host of the Egyptians. That's all we need right there is for God to handle our enemies. That's all you need is to let God trouble your enemies because he can do a whole lot better job than you can. (laughs) Brother Swagger said, I've never read this before, but I'm going to read it. He said, Josephus says concerning this that showers of rain came down from the sky and dreadful thunders and lightning with flashes of fire. Thunderbolts also were darted upon them, nor was there anything that could that which could be sent by God upon a man as indications of his wrath, which did not happen upon this occasion. The words troubled the host in the Hebrew actually means threw it into confusion. God knows how to confuse your enemy. God knows how to bring confusion into Washington. God knows how to turn things around. God knows how to get to get to people's minds. God knows what he's doing. And it said, they took off their chariot wheels. He took off their chariot wheels. When the wheels can't roll, you can't go. You better remember that, boy. When the wheels can't roll, you can't. God has a way to stop you dead in your tracks. And strip you of everything you have. He stripped off the church. God, look, God did this. You think God don't know what he's doing? I ain't worried about my enemies because God will take their wheels off. You ain't got to worry about your enemies because God will take their wheels off. You ain't got to worry about people fighting against you because God knows how to disable them. Do you hear me? I said you don't have to worry about it. The Lord will fight for you, praise God. We serve a God who is a God of vengeance. He said vengeance is mine. Now you don't take it into your hands, but you give it to me. You Vengeance is mine. I will repay every man to his face and especially to those that try to stop me. My work. He took off their chariot wheels and they drove them heavily. And so that the Egyptians said, let us flee. Let's get out of here. Uh Uh-uh. Turn around, boys. This is getting a little shaky. We're not going to be able to overcome this. We're losing our horses. We're losing our men. We're losing our wheels. We're about to lose our lives. Let's get out of here. Turn around. The Lord is fighting for these people. Come on, somebody. They, the Egyptians said, hold on, man. The Lord is fighting for these people. This is what we need in America, folks. They're going, we need to hear this. The Lord is fighting for family worship center. The Lord is fighting for America. The Lord is fighting for Thomas Clymer, Melissa Clymer, Michaela Clymer, Karen Peterson. The Lord is fighting for the Joneses. The Lord is fighting for the Alphiers, the Lord is fighting for Brian, the Lord is fighting for Michael, the Lord is fighting for Julie, the Lord is fighting for Curtis, the Lord is fighting for Lucas, the Lord is fighting for Christy, the Lord is fighting for your children, the Lord is fighting for your family, and you ain't going to be able to overcome the Lord, devil. You can't stop what God is going to do, devil. The Lord is fighting for us. Glory to God, I tell you, I feel it. The Lord is going to fight for you. There ain't nobody going to overcome you. Let me tell you, Christy, the devil's a liar. Your family is going to be a blessing of God. You watch what God 
God's going to do with them children. The devil says, I'm going to kill your children. I'm going to kill you. He's a liar. He's a liar. He's a liar. The Lord is going to fight for you. So that means you don't fight. Let him fight. Because in your flesh, you'll want to fight. <laughs> in your flesh, you'll want to try to fix things. Let the Lord fight. Because he knows how to disable the enemies. He knows how to shut the mouth of the devil. <laughs> he knows how to move him down the road. He knows how to do what needs to be done. But you got to let him fight. In other words, you give up. Don't try to do it in your flesh. If there's people that are opposing you right now, look, forgive them. Put them in God's hand and forgive them. Don't you let anything in your heart keep your heart clear and just let the Lord fight. He will handle them. I'm telling you, if it means you got to zip your lip and shut your mouth and don't get the last word, then you just do it. Let God get the last word because the Lord is going to fight for somebody. I'm telling you, He's fighting for us so we don't have to worry about anything. He took the chariot wheels off and they said, we need to flee. You've got to get out of here. Problem. <laughs> Too late, boys. You've already been lured into the trap God brought you into. Because <laughs> you ain't smarter than God. <laughs> and the Lord told Moses, he said, you stretch out your hand over the sea now that the waters may come again into the Egyptians upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength with the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it. The Egyptians think, we're going we're gonna to get out of here. We're running out of here. They're, God's fighting for them. We're gone. We're gone. But they don't know it. But I think the Lord started on the very end that he opened to begin with and started closing up when they were on their way out. They said, we're going to get out of here. And the Lord said, no, you ain't. Every one of you going down because these are my people, and I love these people, and I got a plan for these people. And devil, you ain't going to destroy my people. I'm going to take you out. You enemies, I'm going to overcome you. I'm going to stop you, I'm going to shut you up and I'm going to show you who God really is I'm going to show you who is in control I'm going to show who is in control over cancer, over sickness, over disease over poverty I'm going to show you that I'm in control and sure enough the Lord when Moses stretched the rod back out the sea started closing on the opposite end, the Egyptians are trying to get out. Here comes God <laughs> and destroys them. Pharaoh, his horsemen, his chariots were all drowning in the midst of the sea where they're washed away to this day and no more. I wish I could tell you that that was the same about the devil, but it's not. Because he's real, he's still here, and he still fights. But you have the Lord on your side. And no matter how close he may be seeming to get to you right now, just watch. <laughs> just watch. Wait till God steps in and makes a highway just like that. And the Bible said... The Egyptians, every one of them drowned, but the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on the right hand and on the left. Thus 
the Lord saved Israel. You can put your name in there. The Lord saved Family Worship Center that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel, look, saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. I'm going to tell you sometimes what God will do. He'll let you see it. And it won't be for you to say, <laughs> I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you. No. That when God does something like that for you, it doesn't make you haughty and prideful and arrogant and told you so, you're going to hell, it's where you need to be. No, he won't do that. But God will get the glory. Amen. And you'll understand, you didn't do it, he did it. And when he tells you he's going to take a situation into his hands, he will. When he tells you to give it, give him the control, you give it to him. And you just stand still and you let God move. Amen. Miss Grace, would you come? You know, I, I had this message a few days ago and Michaela, Wednesday night, she sang that little chorus. I think, stand still and let God move. And she was singing that. The Lord reminded me of the message he was giving me for this morning. Stand still. And let God move. I'm going to tell you, there's some people here this morning, I feel it, and people watching. You're in situations, problems, enemies, pressing, issues. And you seem like, there seems like there's no way out. You've heard from the Lord this morning. You going to trust God? Are you going to come down here and say, Lord, I'm going to do what you're telling me to do. I'm going to stand still. I'm going to see the salvation. I'm going to go forward in Jesus Christ. I'm going to trust you, Lord. Stand to your feet. If, you if that's you, if you need a touch this morning, I want you to come. If you're watching, I, tell you, I feel the Spirit of God. There might be a mountain in your way, but I'm going to tell you, God, I'm moving it. Right here in this moment, let the Lord may touch you today. If you need something, I want you to come. So we recall if you need to believe God for a miracle, I want you to come. How we see Him through. And if there's anybody here that's found Him faithful, if you need to believe God for something this morning, I want you to come. You got problems, you got issues. And the devil's trying to tell you he's going to destroy you today. You take God's word. You take God's word. You trust him. Say amen. Say amen. Yes. And anybody here found joy in the middle of sorrow? Peace in the storm. Lord, have your way today, God. In Jesus' name. Touch everybody in this place, Lord. God, move through that camera and touch people that are watching. Lord, those that the enemy is trying to press down today, I pray that you give them victory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Praise God. If you're discouraged today, I want you to encourage yourself in the Lord. I want you to remind yourself of what God has done in the past. He can do it again. Come on, so church, praise him. The, the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. And if there's anybody here that's found him faithful, anybody here that knows he's able.
the Lord. Did you hear from the Lord today? Amen. Walk out, believe in God. Amen. Trust the Lord. I got a feeling there's something really good about to happen. You can feel it. Somebody said it. I think Lucas might said it Wednesday night. You know, that pressure, when you feel that pressure, that enemy's trying to press you, God is about to do something. Amen. And it may be in you. More than anybody else. It may be something in us. But praise God, that's always good because we need it, don't we? Tonight, come back at 530. We'll see you then, unless the trumpet sounds. Amen. We hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 1030 a.m., Sunday at 530 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 630 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423 744-0774.